0: Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire podcast and the Mindset Matters edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey. And are you still clear on your intended destination or has it changed? Join us for this in our series of Mindset Matters. Listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast. Stephanie Hanlon, Poolside Studio. You're in the house. You're back. Yeah, I missed you. Last week, of course, you were in Montreal. You were doing some cool things in Montreal, one of which, you're doing many things for that week, but uh, you received a medal called The Order of Ecos. I want to do a little shout out. You are you. award-winning many, many times, but this is a pretty big deal. I've never
1: even heard of this medal before.
0: It's something else. So, folks, I'll just read it. It's. Uh, it says, It is a great honor for the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee to present you with The Order of Ecos, a symbol of coaching excellence as represented by your athlete's achievement as a medalist in the Olympic or Paralympic Games. So you won as the coach of the winning athletes. That's cool. Your name will be added to the Order of ECOS Honor Roll, a compilation of coaches who help their athletes achieve podium performances. And you and the IAM team owned the podium at the Beijing 2022 Olympics. And ECOS, and this is what is the Order of ECOS. ECOS of Tarentum is the first recorded Olympic coach in ancient Greece. ECOS won the... Pentathlon at the 84th Olympiad in 444 BC. That's a long time ago. And later became known for his coaching ability as he led two fellow Tarentine athletes to gold medals in the same event. So, this is a very prestigious medal, and you won it because of all of the coaches that worked with the many teams. You were chosen by your athletes. There was a number of coaches. I think there was like 25 yeah, or we something. Yeah, 20,
1: 24, 25 coaches with the IM Ice Academy Montreal. And we ended up with six medals at the 22 games. Um, the Madison Hubble and Zachary Donahue won bronze in the ice dance. And then the team, USA, won the uh, silver in the team event. So technically, we won six medals which allowed the U.S. Olympic Committee to honor their athletes by honoring six coaches, and they chose me as one of them.
0: That is awesome. So congratulations. I'm proud of you. I am married to a an award-winning wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll live oh. my whole life vicariously through you, so good for you. I'm proud of you. Thanks, son. Okay, so I wanted to just, uh, you know, I wanted to give you. Well, a little it was such a up. shock
1: too. I just have to just point that out. Is that I'd never heard of this medal before, so when you think about you know working towards a medal or working towards something and what's your why, and then to end up with something, it was an absolute. Shock. And as a speaker, I was speechless. You can imagine.
0: Wow! And the U.S. Olympic Committee—they do it right, and the U.S. you know Olympic Committee—that's a big deal. Like I mean, it's a it's a pretty. That's quite an accomplishment. Well, it's cool, for especially
1: you. for a Canadian. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Not in line with your medal, but congratulations on your medal. Nice to have you home as well and proud of you for winning it. But I want to talk about a subject that came up through the way things come up for me. But anyways, it's about mental toughness. And mental toughness led into decisions. And we've talked about decisions in the past and we'll touch on it again today. But I really want to talk about mental toughness The ability to realize that, you know, success we talk about often, whatever success is for you, you know, if you are achieving goals, if that's how you define it, how do you define success for you? Got it. But along the way, there's going to be mental toughness required. Now, we often talk about athletes because we've both got background in that, particularly you. I look at it more through a business lens and uh, the mental toughness that it takes to be uh, you know, I say successful in business and to keep moving forward uh, because along with mental toughness becomes, you know, it comes with some pain, you know, and you have to have the ability to tolerate pain. And we're not talking about necessarily Physical pain. I know with the athletes, you may be talking about physical pain, but in behind that is the mental toughness to go through the pain and that emotional or intellectual, the mental pain that you have to go through. So, where do we want to start? With that. Well,
1: I think the definition of mental toughness and I don't want people to, you know, turn off the podcast because they think we're talking about, you know, being harsh or being, you know, having, a, you, know, you know, negative self talk and making sure you're whipping yourself into shape. That's not what mental toughness is in my world. Mental toughness is the ability to stay aligned with your truth connect to your why and work backwards from something that's bigger than you. And when you get that, and you're aligned with your values, then the mental toughness piece starts to show itself. Where do you give up? Where do you not give up? What are you using as an excuse? What are you delaying? Are you delaying gratification? Or are you just quitting?
0: Well, I'm going to continue to use because it's easier for me when we talk about mental toughness and the pain that comes with it. There's always a level of pain or a threshold that we have to break through. I use exercise and I'll use squats, for example. You know, you do 10 and your coach says, do 11, do 12, and it hurts. And can you, in fact, go for the extra two reps, the extra one rep? Can you tolerate that pain for a moment and actually bust through it? And that takes mental toughness as opposed to going, no, this is too hard. I don't want to do this. It hurts too much and being a victim to it or having an excuse to not carry on. So if we don't have an awareness, now, here's what I've Come to notice with the podcast and talking to many what we call everyday millionaires on that side of it is there is always a story of something they've had to break through or things they've had to break through, and I would say developing mental toughness so here you are I'm going to put you maybe on the spot you're an award-winning coach and just recently this award but you've won many awards and i see mental toughness in you in different ways when you look at your and i think mentally you're tougher than i am but that's a different conversation so when you look at the conscious need to be mentally tough have you got something in you know
1: mm. Yeah. Thanks for the heads up there, buddy. Yeah. Mental toughness. There's a, you know, I I say to the hockey players all the time, it's not like you got a little set of, you know, uh, a a set of bar weights in your head and you're lifting weights. You don't develop mental toughness that way. For me, mental toughness is your ability to stick to it and to be committed. There's a commitment factor to mental toughness that you're not going to really bail on yourself. You're not going to give up. You're not going to, you know, surrender. There's a a great line that I learned 20 some years ago from a a world-class figure skating coach. And he said, never surrender to a decision. And what what that meant to me was, is that when I make a decision, I commit and I move on and I deal with the consequences, positive or negative, because consequences aren't always negative, or the unintended consequences of the decision, but never surrender to it. You can undecide once you see the result of what it is that you're doing, but to never surrender. So the decision-making process in mental toughness that I use is about moving forward one small step at a time in the direction of my goal. You
0: know, it's interesting. We take on projects, for example, in business and we say, okay, this is what we're going to do, you know, and sometimes it really does when you're doing something new, it takes mental toughness To get into the grind of doing something for the first time, figuring it out. And it's not always necessarily fun. You have to turn it and spin it to make it fun. And sometimes it's very hard. And I often, over the years, have come across, and we both have as coaches, especially, you know, people who are going, this is too hard. And they actually don't have a tolerance for the discomfort. You know, we as coaches, you know, within our, even our shift program, as we're kind of interviewing people that have been part of shift or wanted to be part of the shift coaching program, you know, part of it is, is we're coaches, you know, we're there to coach, not coax. You know, are you really wanting to go through the process of self-discovery? Because that can be actually painful. It can be painful kind of understanding that you have to show up. You have to do the work, going to the gym and expecting your coach to do your push-ups isn't going to do you a bit of good. And you have to have the mental tenacity to say, no, this serves me. And I have a reason for wanting to do what I'm doing. And that could come with some discomfort, but the outcome is what I want to bust through. And I'm prepared to come up. And go through that
1: but the discomfort is truly it's feedback it's a it's a signal that you're on a new trajectory or a new path you know i will say to the athletes that i work with you know i'll work with you until you are no longer wanting to do the work and then you know life will carry on and you'll this information is yours you'll use it or you won't but then once some will circle back and set a bigger goal like some will say okay i'm happy being top 10 in the world or i'm happy being on the fourth line but now i want to be on the podium Now I want to be on the first line. Now I want to be, you know, NBA, you know, champion. I want to be playing the U.S. Open, whatever it is for them. The minute you set a bigger goal, that's where that crisis goes off in your head where you just are questioning, okay, I can't do it. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too small. I'm too black. I'm too white. I'm too blonde. I'm too brunette. I'm too female. Whatever the, the crisis is, it goes off and it takes that mental toughness to quiet that judgment. To go, okay, I set a bigger goal, so I now need to expect that I'm going to get some pushback. I'm going to get some feedback that says, no, you can't do that. And then, so the line is, the bigger the goal, the bigger the pushback. You know, expect it.
0: So this goes to what we'll talk about more shortly is that, what you just said, is making a decision for a bigger goal, okay? The Latin meaning for decision is to cut away from the past. So when you set a goal that's really big, right, you're actually cutting away from that comfort that you lived in, and that takes mental toughness.
1: But it's also bringing you to something that you've never done before, and that newness can be terrifying.
0: I get that, but when we talk about mental toughness, what stops us, what says okay this pain isn't worth it what is the pain we've talked about this many times when we talk about the fear of failure and i have come to
1: believe strongly i don't think there's such a thing
0: well there, yeah there, i don't think there is Not such a, a thing. failure they call it failure people call it failure but it really i've come to believe that it isn't fear of failure it's fear of judgment by our peers, by our friends, by our family. It's fear of not accomplishing the outcome that you said
1: being judged or laughed being judged,
0: at. laughed at. Oh my gosh, look what you did. And not having the mental toughness to look at that and go, yeah, whatever, at least I tried or whatever story you might be, have around it. And mental toughness is really about not having an excuse that says, this is too hard. This is too uncomfortable. This is whatever story you have around it. And mental toughness is, can you do it for five minutes? Can you do it for three minutes? Can you take the next step? I mean, we think about in business, I could probably give some examples in terms of growing a business and having the mental toughness to persevere in spite of not getting the outcome, not getting the results, tweaking, changing, shifting, that's painful, because you're also making decisions that are very hard. You're risking capital, you're maybe risking human resources. Uh, The frustration of the team, for example, if you're leading the team, there's a lot of reasons to go, no, this is too hard. You know, I don't want all of that. But when you think about an athlete, the mental toughness, for example, when your quads are burning on the ice, And you're tired earlier than you expected to be, and you got to put in another 60 seconds or two minutes of absolute pain like, really.
1: Oh, yeah, it's real physical
0: pain. You know, and I've talked to many athletes, of course, that I've gotten to know, and they're talking about, you know, we're sitting or we're on the ice and, smiling or whatever that might be and they're in their brain it's, it's screaming like, can I get through this? Yeah. Can I hang on? That's the mental toughness sometimes that we're talking about. So how do we prepare? How do we actually look at what we're doing and why we quit and saying, okay, how do we have mental toughness? Well part of mental toughness could be just as simple as doing the research. Looking forward going, okay, where are, or where will the discomfort be? Where are the pain points that I can actually anticipate knowing that I'm going to have to take a a big breath and suck it up.
1: And suck it up. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is that Being aware of that, because you also have, you know, situations where you're going to get tested, whether it's physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, socially. I mean, we look at what's going on in the world right now. There's people giving up and there's this whole phenomenon called silent quitting right now. People are quitting things that they've loved to do because they don't know what's on the other side of it. So part of we why we quit or why we don't persevere and, and activate the, the mental toughness is because we don't know what's on the other side. So that's really kind of one of those checkpoints into, are you developing your mental toughness along the way? Or are you just looking for the easy way around things? Are you looking for somebody else to make decisions for you? Are you looking for somebody else to pay for things for you? And then all of a sudden you're sitting there holding the bag and you're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be.
0: So we both know people who make decisions and that would, that actually, if I was making that decision, I'd be a little freaked out because I'm going, okay, there's going to be a lot of pain in that. They're looking at it, not even considering that because they trust 1000% that they have the tenacity, the mental toughness to get through it.
1: Or the tools or and or the support.
0: Well, but that's, having said all of that, that's all part of mental... Toughness, right? Where you do the research, you make the plans so that you can actually bear it. So there's a couple things around it is that often we see the lack of mental toughness, the lack of EQ, emotional quotient, or AQ, adversity quotient, and the excuses that come with this is too hard. And, or it's too frightening and, or I can't do this. And the reality being that when we look at mental toughness, we do the research, we examine ourselves and we ask ourselves, can we go for another 60 seconds? Can we go for another six days
1: or six months? Four years in a quadrennial. Exactly. Seriously.
0: So imagine athletes, folks, what are going to Olympics, they do a four year, they're now committed. They say, I'm going to the Olympics. They make a four year commitment along the way. They're not guaranteed. They're going to make the Olympics, but along the way. They're being tested in competitions. They're being tested with uh, the other skaters. In this case, we're talking about skaters, but it doesn't matter. The other athletes that are also trying to qualify for Olympics. And they have to have the mental toughness in spite of losing on a I don't know, a Grand Am of some sort or yeah, Grand, Prix, su- Grand Prix, or- Prix or competition, competition. Sure. Right? Okay. They go, okay, now I got to suck it up. So they hold themselves accountable for a result. They have a strong why they want to do it and they keep going. So as we have this conversation and really look at mental toughness, we ask ourselves, where are we now? You and I've talked many times about the Stoic and Marcus Aurelius and the meditations and what it is to be stoic, because we see some people and we've noticed, and I'll I'll share my own personal story, but that is mental toughness. And it's like the whole world needs to know that I'm in pain. The whole world needs to know. (laughs) I know.
1: I have athletes like that.
0: That I'm suffering, (laughs) right? Now, I don't, I'm not that way, but there was a time where some people just wear it on their face. They wear it in their posture. You know, they're the rounded shoulders. They're kind of hunched over a little bit. This grimace. The grimace. They're carrying this heavy weight and then they get to be a little bit of a victim to it. And that's something to be aware of. You know, does everybody need to know your pain in the world of stoicism? You know, you see the stoics, they go, nobody knows what's going on for you. You actually aren't sharing your pain. Now, what's interesting about me is that If I'm interesting. Okay. (laughs)
1: You're not that interesting. I'm not
0: that interesting. But there was a time where uh, I carried a lot of weight or I felt I carried a lot of weight. It was how I held that. And I wore it in my face in terms of I was always, you know, I was often teased about looking so serious and grumpy, grumpy. and, And none of that was true, but... I had a lot going on in my head. And so that's how it showed up. And I wasn't aware of it until somebody pointed it out. And it was somebody who came up to me and one time said to me, you know, Patrick, like, I've known you and I know you and they didn't know me like really close, but they knew me. So they knew me as a, it was a Rain member that I'd known for a number of years. And he goes, as well as I know you and as many times as I've talked to you, I see you, you scare the shit out of me. You've always <laughs> got this look on you. And then you're, so, you're so intense. You're intense and you're big. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. So, you know, that was at a time and some people, you know, who know me or knew know me from a Rain stage point of view, I quit wearing a suit jacket and or I would take my dress shirt and I would roll up my sleeves, open my collar. It was a game changer. <laughs> so anyways, You were way less threatening. I was less threatening. But the point is, is that, you know, I... As, as mentally tough as I was, I wore it that way because it was, I don't know, it was just how it showed It was up. an
1: intensity that I yeah. think you, you acknowledge. And I, I see that a lot with athletes is that they want to show the world how hard they're working and how intense they are. And sometimes they'll say, you know, I'll say to some of them, you know, stop skating with your face. Like no one needs to know how hard you're working.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? And, and so let's be clear here though. Mental toughness doesn't mean you go it alone. Mental toughness means that you may have that circle of support that we've talked about, where you have a very that inner select circle, one, two, maybe three people that you can express what's going on for you to actually help you get through whatever you're going through. That you can share what you're feeling, what you're going through, the fear, the anxiety. I mean, gosh, as a business owner now for 37 38 years whatever it's been for me you know the gut burn at night the gut churn the the kind sleepless of nights. sleepless nights as i'm busting through problems uh, it takes a lot and yeah it can show up and you better have a space for it and these are things that will actually help you hone your mental toughness
1: and you know what's interesting about that if you don't have that inner circle Then it's almost like that you're supposed to be that stoic person all the way through, and that's also not healthy. Not being able to have a place to express and and tell the truth and know that you're safe. I mean, it's kind of like we talked about on the gossip podcast: is that if you don't have that place to tell the truth and know that that's not going to go any further. Then it's very difficult to to explore the 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 stretch into the mental toughness, explore the stretch into the pain and the and the and the nervousness and the fears. Those things are real, and if you have the space to to have a confidant or somebody in your circle of support that you can do that with and know it's not going to go any further, then that stoicism can kick in. Then you can go and present and perform in your in your. I call it your performer star where nobody needs to know what's going on for you outside of your inner circle. So
0: the thing about mental toughness and whatever goals, you know, those individuals that are very successful and, or, and I, and I I always want to define success a little bit. Their success is how they define it. It takes mental toughness to do that. You know, you're going to be tested if every time you're, going forward or in business, in sport, uh, whatever it is that you're doing, your career, you know, you're going to be tested. And that's universal law. It is a little bit of survival of the fittest in that regard, because you have to be tested before you go to the next level. The last thing you want is a leader who's never been Tested. And then when they are finally tested, they make an excuse, mm. they have an out, or they're blaming somebody, you know, or they're complaining about the circumstances. Mental toughness is about being tested knowing that you're being tested and moving forward. Put in
1: the correction and move on. Keep moving forward. Decide, move on, decide, move on, decide, move on. So this
0: goes into the conversation I want to have around decision-making because it takes some real mental toughness to make decisions. And so, as I said, you know, when you look at the overall meaning of decisions, Latin is to cut away from the past. That takes mental toughness. But also
1: just to cut if you just shorten that sentence and and if we're going to be a little bit harsh around this is when you decide it means to cut it means you're going to have to give something up not just the past it could mean let's say you choose to not have children it's a decision that'll take your life in a in a different trajectory you're going to choose to have children it takes it in another trajectory so it's it what what you're doing is you're actually eliminating possibilities in another maybe dimension but it, it does mean that you have to be willing to cut something out
0: well okay so let's think about marriage for a second This just kind of occurred to me let's think about marriage okay you're cutting i do your...
1: all the time huh?
0: <laughs> you cut away being,
1: being single.
0: single right <laughs> yeah. but what's interesting about it why does it take mental toughness to do that am I making the right decision well when you're looking into statistically
1: yeah 50% divorce at, now at or least more
0: or more you're going okay my odds of making it right now we know and this many years into our own marriage is that it takes mental toughness to get through it it takes Understanding it takes making really strong commitments and rules within the relationship, those are decisions, and it takes mus- uh, mental toughness to actually live by those decisions and live by those agreements because it's way easier to blame and to go, No, I'm out. I'm out. Seems to be that way.
1: Well, it's interesting that you say that because when you think about the agreements that we've made over time within our marriage and in our agreement is that I also said, you know, I'm not committed to you as, I mean, I am as a person, but I'm committed to our marriage, what mm-hmm. we've created together. And I think we're having that context for me and that decision and that understanding is that I'm committed to doing whatever it takes to, to make that marriage work. And we don't have a traditional, like, I mean, we've, we're hilarious. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We, we have no clue what is normal. So what is normal to us, it means that we created this together. It's a third piece. There's you, there's me, and then there's our marriage. And I think when we both got that and we decided that, that's what we, we committed to. And we tink- you, know, you add that to mental toughness. It, is, it does take some pressure off you know, because in a sense, I would rather make decisions based on what's best for our marriage than what's based for you as an individual or me as an individual at this moment, because we're not, we're, we're, we're a team.
0: We're a team. So you put in a hundred, I put in a hundred. Yeah, and it's not 50, 50, man. It's not 50, 50. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I think that cracks I, me up. I think mostly it's me 150 and you 50. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So we have some fun with it. Now, when we look at mental toughness and circumstances that, test us and challenge us we have to understand that you know there is the fundamental that when we're challenged mental toughness means that are you overreacting is your automatic reaction you know going to be to
1: embellish you you
0: know be big and like oh my god look what's happened to me so you become the big victim so there's flight there's fear, there's fight, fight, flight, fight, or fear, whatever that might be, and the overreaction to things. And, you know, you have to look at it. And sometimes I think what throws people off is the fact that those who have a lot or a high mental toughness, They're not sharing their challenges, their losses. They just keep going. So therefore, they look like they got it all together. They're just nothing but win. You know, like, oh my gosh, they got it all. So lucky. So lucky, right? But at the end of the day, they just have a mental toughness that they don't wear it on the outside. They don't talk about it. They're not victims to it. And they hold themselves accountable. And they know that not everything they do is going to work out. And they don't care and it's not that they don't care it's just
1: that they can't care
0: they can't you know in they... those
1: moments they no listen to this distinction it's not that they don't care because that would be flippant but there's certain right. things you can't care about if i cared about all the things that were going to get into my way on my own olympic journey that i didn't even know i mean what, what was happening in the last 20 years all i knew was that I was so committed to the outcomes of the clients that I was supporting that I couldn't care about certain things that were going to get in my way. That was my job to figure out. Well,
0: let's just talk about that briefly, because when you think about the mental toughness and can I withstand the pain, so you're a mental performance coach. Now, that was a term that I think you came up with 25 years ago. You were not, you're not a psychologist and you don't have a degree in psychology you just worked with at the time you'd worked with many athletes you started to see what was getting in athlete's way that wasn't physical and you really started to understand how much of it was mental how much of it was emotional and really I mean you helped in this case you know let's say professional athletes in the NHL for example all of a sudden they were having better games they were skating better had nothing to do with the technical aspects of what they're doing really what you did was help them bust through some of the business challenges they were having some of the marital challenges that they were Having uh, family challenges, and all of a sudden they were better players for it. Mental performance. You help them become mentally tougher yep. in some cases. Exactly. So, and
1: emotionally tougher too. Right. And the interesting thing is, like 10 years later, after that, I'm seeing sports psychologists call themselves mental performance coaches now because it's more, instead of seeing you're seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist, you're seeing a mental performance coach.
0: Well, because everybody knows that mental performance makes a difference.
1: Right. And it's not all about what's going wrong, and that's what's hilarious about when you when you think about working with someone like me is that it's not about when things are going wrong in your life. It's about okay, when things are going right, what are the cues? What are the what's the feedback? And how do I continue to uh, perpetuate the what's going well in my life instead of just showing up? Oh, I'm going to call Stephanie when you know shit is hitting the fan. Well, how about preparing in advance? And that's where I took it. Is I took it when, well, Okay, when things are going well, let's put a pin in that. And figure out what you did to prepare for that so that when shit does hit the fan, because it will. If it hasn't yet, it will.
0: Okay, but that's not where I was going with any of this. Oh, so, sorry. sorry. By the way, that's fine.
1: <laughs> but that was a good rant though, right? Yeah,
0: that was a pretty good rant. Where I was going with it is that for how many years did you have to deal with the criticism and oh, the judgment not to go there. of the industry, of the different... Bodies of the federations, federations. You know who the hell are you? And then the coaches who were all certified were blah blah blah. And you're going, you're showing up at major world events and Olympic events, and and they're going like, what the hell? How come you're here? She's cheating. She's cheating. How did you deserve? She's a a fraud. (laughs) Yeah, whatever the story is. The point is, is that it took a lot of mental toughness, and I know that was really hard on you because it. In those times, it's hard not to take it personally, because the people that you knew who were actually kind of throwing you under the bus were kind of... Some of them were friends. Some of them you had considered friends, and they were judging you for it. They were making you wrong for it. Talking
1: behind my back.
0: Yeah, gossiping. Yeah. (laughs) And it really was all about their jealousy, if you will, or their envy
1: or their inability to look outside the box. Like, totally. They were
0: stuck in what they were doing. So no, don't go off on some nah, path. Sorry.
1: Okay. You're so, going to make me talk about this, aren't you? No,
0: I'm not going to. I don't need to make you talk about it. The point here, folks, is that I wanted to shine a light on that there was a lot of discomfort in that. And I can give this example because I've been part of it for many, many years, watching the mental toughness that goes with it. And the number of times that you went, why the fuck am I even doing this? And you link back to why you're doing it, which is because the athletes need you. The athletes want you. And, you know, that's why when we come to an award like this, and like I say, you've been won many awards, this is a very unique one, but this was one, this is an athlete's choice. You know, they had a lot of choices to make of coaches that they would put up and they put up you. So that's to say that through all of that, they shone a light on your contribution to their success, but in order for you to get there, you had to fight through it. You had to go through the pain, that mental and emotional discomfort of being in this weird world of coaching where you didn't have a lane, you actually created a lane.
1: Yeah, I did. And I think, you know, thanks for pointing that out because now I feel like I want to cry, but creating that lane came from working backwards from wanting to make a difference, wanting to have a higher purpose. And I remember understanding that I'm going to get, I'm going to get shot upon through this because I was working backwards. I would get certified and trained when I knew what was needed. (laughs) So I'd go, I'd bump into, oh God, I'm not certified in that. So then I'd run back, take a bunch of courses, you know, it would take years sometimes to get certified in something that would be needed, but wasn't acknowledged in in the world of of performance because everybody wanted they wanted the doctorate the phd they wanted and i just i wasn't going to put another 12 years into going to university i had done my stint and i got that that's not what the athletes needed they didn't need somebody that was theoretical they needed somebody in the trenches with them that was going to go through the work figure out what was needed and then go and research and i remember think about all the time i spent before the internet, like studying and taking courses and learning, and, and you know traveling to different con- you know countries or different cities to get a a diploma or a, a stamp on my you know experience that was going to create some sort of credibility, but the truth is, it was created organically.
0: So. <laughs> It was, but let's go back around mental toughness. So I want to go back because with mental toughness is most can't live with the pain of the consequences and your consequences were not always great consequences. They weren't always award-winning. As a matter of fact, you got hammered and beat up even in media over the years. And as much as you've been award-winning, you were also struggling and I don't want to say struggling, but you were at the effect of a lot of envy, a lot of jealousy.
1: But that's the paradox too, right? That is right? the paradox. I call that the champion's paradox. The
0: important lesson here, folks, is that, you know, hanging out with Stephanie as many years as I have, there was always the athletes were at the top. They were the pointy end of the spear of what drove her and, and her and drove her commitment. So... That speaks to one fundamental, which goes back to mental toughness and making decisions. And that is that decisions need to be made... And it takes mental toughness to make the decisions, especially, especially if you're really clear that you're going to make decisions from your principles and your values. Now, we've talked about values many, many times, and we compromise those values to go, let's say, chase the shiny thing, the potential of a lot of money. And we get involved with people that, damn it, we shouldn't have got involved with. It's because we compromised our values. Now, here's the tough part of that, is that if you would have had the mental toughness to realize that I am not going to compromise my values or my principles to go chase that, that takes a lot. That takes some real, well, number one, it takes experience and wisdom. I wish, you know, at at this point in my life, I wish I knew then what I know now, you know, it would have been a different, anyways, we can't go there. Well, it's funny that there. you say
1: that because there are times where I have been criticized and we have been criticized and judged and and we know it. And you know what, though, when you think about taking a stand. And I take it as a gentle stand. I'm going to take a gentle stand and put my athletes, put the clients ahead of what my needs are. What my need is to make sure that I'm aligned with who I say I am. And I'm not bullshitting and I'm not putting my own ego. And that's the work. Sometimes I think that's my only work (laughs) is to to dampen my ego.
0: (laughs) Okay. So we've talked a lot about mental t- toughness attached it to some decisions but let's talk a little bit about more about decisions. Let's go through a couple of things that we want to make sure that we do. You know, first off in decisions, mental toughness, we're not implying or suggesting that you do any of this alone. You know, part of making great decisions is getting counsel from those who can give you guidance. Now the best counsel I've learned is somebody who has no attachment to it
1: unattached,
0: unattached. They've got no skin in the game. They've got no emotion in the game. As a matter of fact, if you can, I remember once I was looking at buying a business this was many years ago, and I had two accountants that I paid on a regular basis for two businesses I owned. And I took it to an independent account. I took the financial statements to an independent account. And I said, can you look at these financial statements for me? This is what I see. This business is for sale here's the, uh, non-disclosure agreement. And anyways, long story short, I'm looking at it. This is what I'm seeing. What do you see? And can you give me independent counsel on this? And so he doesn't know me for Adam. I paid him a couple hundred bucks for an hour of his time at, back then. And he looked at the financial statements. He told me exactly what he felt about that particular business. And that was it. So where do you get your counsel from? Mm. You know, if there's a benefit to that person or a downside to that person, you don't want to get that counsel. Well, you so know, it's funny you friends, say that. Friends, family. Oh,
1: yeah. Investment. It's it's somebody who has an investment in them, their own selves. There's some <laughs> times when I'm really maybe being hard on an athlete or with a client and I have to be able to say, listen, I am not going to be the one standing on the podium with you. This is your journey. I'm going to tell you the truth. And my only goal is to get you on the podium. I'm not going to be there with you. So I'm not attached. So you can take this information and do with it what you will. But just so you know, I'm going all the way there to make sure that I say everything I need to say to make sure that you make the decision you need to make to get yourself on the podium because I am not attached. It took me years to understand that and to learn that when you put somebody else's success ahead of your own That's when they know that you're really unattached and you don't have an ulterior motive, you know, to get yourself, you know, in the kiss and cry or get yourself by the boards or, you know, get the photo or the selfie with the champions. It's like, I get that's what you have to do in this world. But if you're going to only promote yourself that way and you're being a little bit of a, I don't know, you're, you're. Somebody said to me once, Stephanie, just hitch your wagon to, you know, the next NHL team. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to hitch my wagon to anyone. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to pay the price. And then I'm going to show up and be authentic. And I'm going to screw up and I'm going to screw up and I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm going to come from it from the highest possible place. And that's really when, when <laughs> and it was a good friend said to me, you know, hitch your wagon. And I'm like, you know, no, that's the opposite.
0: Okay. Decisions. We have to look at it and say, what's the alternative? If I'm afraid to make this decision, what's the alternative of that decision? We ask ourselves that. Is there another alternative that we can make? Be cautious about decision fatigue. Mm. I've fallen victim to that one. And, uh, oh, look at that use of the word victim. But I've, <laughs> I have made that error right. where I've been tired. And I just go, fuck it, do it, go. Get rid of it. And I'm out. It's paid. I paid the price for that. So, you know. The ability, this goes back to mental toughness, the ability to say, no, I'm tired. Leave me the hell alone. I'll talk about it tomorrow. I need some sleep. Okay. And then ultimately don't second guess your decision. You know, there is really putting in place the plans. It's like, you know, the decision to hire somebody, you know, there is that phrase, hire slow And fire Fire fast. fast. And often people hire fast and then they're really in a tough position to let somebody go. So those are things that we have to become aware of in how we put processes in place to not only understand our mental toughness aspect of it but to make decisions and be aware of your decision-making process and then honor your decision-making process. If you're a shitty decision-maker and you know that about yourself, then put in the team that you need or surround yourself with people or do the work you need to do to make great decisions and understand that you don't want to second guess your decisions. You don't want to look back and go, that was a wrong decision. I believe ultimately now there is no wrong decisions, none zero zip. And if you can get that, there's a result that you don't get and you can look back at it and go, holy shit, that was a wrong decision. Or you can look back at it and go, I will never make that decision again.
1: And because I didn't like the result that I got, so I just went back and made a new decision.
0: That's it. So that's a wrap. So that was uh, interesting. I know we wow. went down a couple of rabbit holes, but I think it was really important. And folks, you know, at the end of the day, when we look at mental toughness, when we look at decision-making, when we look at the podcasts that we do here, Stephanie and I are very, very, I guess, uh, cognizant, if you will, is that this is the work that we're doing. We don't have all the answers and we're not doing anything that we're not working and on not or the haven't worked of on. You. And we're not the ex- expert in any of this. We're just doing the work and we love to share it in our experience. And we don't have all the experience. We don't have, certainly don't have all the answers and, uh, My award-winning wife may have all the answers. I, on the other hand, do not. So, uh, Stephanie, thank you for this episode. I think it was great. I think there's a lot of takeaways. It's always our goal here, folks. What can you take away, put into practice? And And
1: give us some feedback. I mean, we got some really great feedback the last couple of weeks around the last two podcasts. And the courage it takes to send an email to CEO at raincanada.com and and just give us a kudo, give us a, a feedback or, you know, maybe a book recommendation or something. We really appreciate it. So thanks, Stephanie. That was great. Nice to have you back. Yeah, that was fun.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo@raincanada.com. At That's c e o r e i n canada.com. I look forward to hearing from you and until next time, Patrick O.